You can, we'll keep talking, but let me let me get something going here. Okay. We're gonna talk and. I, it says warning for some reason under our. Yeah, I saw that too. What is, what is that about? Oh, it's just about storage. So I think we're fine. Okay, so we're actually recording now. I know. I wanted to surprise you, but I guess that you can <laughs> see that we're recording. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. <laughs> Oh, my God, that was just so much fun. Okay. <laughs> click, click. We can talk about the future. We could look back at our past. We can talk about all subjects with enthusiasm unsurpassed. Sometimes we'll talk in prose. Sometimes we'll sing in rhyme. But we will guarantee have a very rocking good time it's the post podcast from the heart just you know it's a work in progress yeah it's just uh it was beautiful uh, well here we have my dad live on the podcast in florida oh my god here i am your your actual uh your your paternal unit that's right Everyone, and we're not yes. sitting by each other. It's weird. No. Yeah, well, um, obviously, Lauren's um, father. I'm in recovery from a like a 30 year drug addiction to um, to opiates, which you know is as everyone knows right now. I mean, there's there's 25 million people in this country that are that are struggling with it, and you know, I must have been like leading the pack because I, I I kicked it off running hard, you know, 30 years ago, and. And now I've got like some very soft, some sentimental music. No, this, I think you should be serious. I won't do that again. No, that's cool. Okay. Oh, I mean, yeah, I am. Um, I just, uh, prescription drugs kicked my ass for 30 years, you know, and it was just like, I went to treatment 13 times and I just, you know, I, I couldn't cut it. I, I don't know. You, you see these guys with no teeth and, you know, they've been living underneath a bridge and I mean, they could get it. I couldn't get it. I could not figure out what, uh, you know, what was going on. But so, I mean, I went to treatment 13 times before I, I finally, you know, kind of kind of had an awakening, so to speak. And um, things finally turned around for me. And I left a previous career and I left, um, left a lot of things in the past and just sort of allowed myself to become me. And over the last five, six years and um, now... I'm a I'm a licensed drug counselor um, throughout the U.S. and I'm, I'm also internationally licensed in about 13 countries and I'm also an interventionist. And so you know I take uh, I take sobriety very very seriously because it's uh, it's something I tried for years and years to hold on to and I was never able to grab. So the idea with coming back to Jacksonville, um, my parents, your your grandparents, are really getting older and so. It's kind of one of these uh, coming home moments. I, I want to be with them in the, in the final chapters of their uh, life. And and Keith, my partner, and I are uh, going to be opening um, a treatment facility strictly for the needs of the LGBT community here in Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that was a Southern Baptist response. Yeah, um... <laughs> I feel like you sped through that story, and there's probably a lot of details and questions that remain. Absolutely. Um, 
I don't want to. I don't want to become melodramatic on your show, but uh, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of a lot of stuff. And I think the great thing is that I found a um, a bowl full of candy that I'm chowing on while we're talking. But yeah, you said that you started a podcast. I feel like you should know the number one rule is don't do hard candy when you're a guest on the podcast. That's why I only have two listeners on my podcast. <laughs> What is your podcast? It's going to be starting next month. It's uh, robcantrell.online. It's going to be very interesting stuff. I know I have a few friends whose parents um, suffered with addiction, and we posted that little recording we did a long time ago on StoryCorps. Shout out to NPR. Um, a lot of a lot of people tuned in, and they told them they told me that it like really moved them and helped them. So, I mean, you're a, essentially a Facebook celebrity, and you make a lot of jokes, but I think that your message is really impacting people. Well, I appreciate that. You know, that by nothing that uh, you know. I think what people don't understand, especially people that are dealing with, and I hate the word addiction because it, even now with the uh, uh, you know with the American Medical Association and, and with in psychology, the term um, alcoholic and addict are really going by the wayside, and they've been replaced with the terms uh, you know substance use disorder, which is more palpable if i uh, if i tell you oh my god my son's an alcoholic you know well the first thing you're gonna think of is oh my god he must beat up his wife and wreck his car all the time but if you say yeah my son has an alcohol use disorder you know i mean it's still the same thing it's just a, it, it's taking the guilt and the shame and the uh, and and all of the uh, stigma away from it and it's recognizing that people that are dealing with um, substance use disorders are no different than someone that's uh, living with diabetes or cancer or anything else. I mean, they're, they're actually diagnosed diseases that, uh, you know, are, I want to say curable because, um, you know, as long as you recognize what the issue is and, um, mm -hmm. You, you know how to well, stay alive. Do you want to tell all of the fans out there? Because I have more than two listens. Um, like, <laughs> it takes time, Dad. Everything <laughs> takes time. That makes you, no, you weren't really experimenting with drugs. Like, what made you turn to that? I was never a drinker, really. You know, that, like most people, you hear these stories like, oh, I drank a gallon of vodka a day and all that. I wasn't that guy. Um, you know, I was a. a about 15 and I had my wisdom teeth extracted and a, um, the oral surgeon, uh, that did it was, was friends of, of my parents. And the guy gave me 90 painkillers. There were, there were furanol number three. It was a, um, a barbiturate and a, and a, an opiate combined 90 of them. And I took the first one and I realized at like 15, I was never going to go another day of my life without a pill. I mean, I, I liked everything about it. It, it. No, it's a downer for a lot of people. And then until you abuse the shit out of them like I did, and then it's, you know, it, it becomes an upper. And then as you become addicted, it just keeps you normal, you know? It, so you're not really, you know, crazy high or, 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 or jonesing because you're running out. You know, it just, it stabilizes you. I mean, it's like uh, people that are, are living with a, with, you know, a, a heroin addiction. Or anything else. It's uh, and it's weird because you know I was addicted to barbiturates, which is like that, that's like that, that's like a 1950s addiction. That's what took out Marilyn Monroe and I think um, uh, Anna Nicole Smith and 
you know, it's like, this, this is not really kind of a hip drug. Um, but it was, it was, I liked it, especially if you threw an opiate on top of it, you know, that was all over it. And they were very easy to get. So, you know, that was another problem I had. It's, uh, you know, I, I, no matter what I tried to do, mm-hmm. I was, they were just so readily accessible. And, you know, I found them and I found them and I found them and I found them. <laughs> I kept finding them. But uh, so that was a, that was a high and low of it. But, uh, you know, I, I spent 30 years trying to kind of kick this damn pill habit and just couldn't do it <laughs> until, uh, you know, I, uh, I mean, I've been to the greatest rehabs. I'm not kidding. I have been to rehab programs that were like, like uh, Malibu celebrity great rehab centers and I've been to the ones that that you know Jesus is going to do all this stuff for you and then, then I've been to the really grungy ones where people are like oh my god we're going to have a donut for lunch today yeah. you know so I mean I've, I've done to, been to all of them and it just it, I couldn't get it you know and I think I think with that was because I was I was going to treatment centers that mm-hmm. they weren't offering what I needed to figure out me you know uh, so, so many times people go to, to seek treatment and they think, okay, well, I, I, I've got to go to church or I, I've got to find God and I've, I've got to go to AA and, and, and this is my only hope. And if I screw this mm-hmm. up, I'll never, you know, I, I, I'm just doomed. Well, I mean, they land on their ass every single time, you know, every single time. They, I mean, there are those that, you know, you know, walk in the door and they have some great experience and, and, you know, they live the rest of their life, you know, freed from this, that, and the other. I was not that person. You know, I, I, it just didn't work for me. And, you know, and I think I came to a realization that there's an, at, the, at, the, at the root of every single addiction on this planet. And I don't care if it's uh, if it's uh, porn or if it's uh, if it's drugs or it's alcohol or if it's food or if it's sex or if it's shopping or whatever it is. Every single addiction on this planet boils down to one word and that word's pain and Everyone's pain is different. I mean, it, it can be, a person's pain could be the pain of, of being rejected or, or feeling, you know, unwanted as a child or being outsourced because they're too old or, or, or feeling uh, being a survivor of this, of this abuse or that abuse or who knows what a person's pain is. And what happens in almost 100% of the time is, is as people, we want to feel as good as everyone else, we're perceiving everyone else feels. And we, we reach for drugs or we reach for alcohol or we reach for food or we reach for sex. And we take anything that we can just to make us feel as good as everyone else. And we've never focused in on what the core problem is. You know, we're, we're putting a bandaid on top of a cancer and it's that cancer, it's that pain that ends up killing us. And that's, um, that's how I was able to work through a lot of stuff that I, I, I went through. And, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that, uh, that there are faith-based programs that are, that are very beneficial to people. Um, I, for me, I had to have something that was evidence-based, you know, I, um, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life feeling like, you know, there was this, uh, this gun to my head that, you know, at any second I was going to grab another pill and I was going to, going to, you know, just wind up in the gutter. And that, that was never going to work for me. I had to, I had to develop a plan so that even if I did screw up, I would know what to do in the future so that it wouldn't happen again. And I'm a reformed Jew. And um, 
Do you know, it was amazing. I was, I was, had just gotten out of one of my last treatment programs in, um, in Southern California. I left Florida because I mean, I, I had thrown a match and burned everything that there was to burn here. And so I had, had gotten out of um, the Betty Ford Center in Rancho Mirage, California. And I checked into a facility for 90 days that I, I will credit for the rest of my life as saving my life. It was uh, La Punta Hollywood. We got another candy coming out. Daddy's about to eat another candy. We can hear the wrapper coming. What what time is it? <laughs> I've been busted. Actually, this was a Starbucks. I'm sorry, I'm a Starburst. But anyway, I'm giving I'm giving a shout out to a place that was good here. I'll put another candy down. And that's okay. But anyway, no, I I, I found um, a place uh, in uh, in in Hollywood and. In California, and you know, it was uh, La Fuente Hollywood uh, Treatment Center, and you know, it was it was a facility that really only worked with the LGBT community and and people that were in recovery. And I was coming to the end of my ninety days there, and I was really, you know, I, I was so depressed about returning to Florida because you know I, I was a firm believer. Look, you don't if, if you. Don't go back to where you lost happiness and think you're going to find it again because it's, it's not going to be there for you. And I knew that I had a history of coming back to uh, the same place and everything falling apart. And, and I was talking to my mother um, on the cell phone, uh, and I will never forget, I was on, on the corner of uh, La Fuente and uh, Van Nuys. And, and anybody that's not from Hollywood, this doesn't mean anything. But I'm standing there and I'm looking, and I'm looking uh, up at the Hollywood sign and I'm talking to my mother and uh, and she said, listen, uh, I don't want you to come back. And I, you know, and it really threw me. And she said, um, look, you only have to do one thing. Stop being who you aren't. Stop being who you aren't and simply just let yourself be who you are. And it was like, it, it was like this, I, if, if, if I ever had an epiphany, it was that moment. I mean, and I had this, this awakening and I always said that I, you know, I found God looking at the Hollywood sign, you know, and I thought, holy shit, I've wasted 30 years, 30 years. And it, that, it, let me explain to you what that means. Okay. 30, I, I went to treatment 13 times. Okay. Which equates to 3.12 years of my life at a cost of over $800,000 that was not insured by anyone. This is money that came out of family pockets and my pockets, okay? So, and, I, and nothing was coming together, but I finally came to the realization that, hell, it's, you know, maybe, just maybe, if I stop being all of these people that I'm not, you know, maybe it's okay just to be Rob. And so, on a, on a corner in Hollywood, California, I, I, I found I found the God of my understanding. And, and, you know, and that was just, you know, recognizing that, uh, you know, look, yeah, I, I've, are we using profanity here or am I keeping it clean? Um, oh, this is a raw, explicit podcast. Like I have fucked up so many times. I, it, yeah, please. It's it's it is what it, it is what it is. But, um, you know, and I've destroyed relationships and I've done all those things that you know, everybody, everybody has their bad luck story, but hearing that one simple sentence, you know, just, you know, stop, stop being who you aren't change everything. And from that moment, it was like, you know, you're right. And I, and, and things in my life changed and 
you know, and I absolutely walked away from everything that didn't work before. You know, it, I, I tell people that are, that are trying recovery, like, wake up. If you, if, if you're going to AA or you're going to NA or you're going to church or you're going to this, that, and the other, and it doesn't work, stop doing it. There's a the beautiful thing about life today and, and, and recognizing that um, substance use disorders are in fact, you know, there, there are medical treatments for these things. You know, it's like you go to this great all you can eat buffet. OK. And you keep grabbing chicken feet, you know, it's like, oh, God, I hate chicken feet. But you keep grabbing these chicken feet and you hate them. And you're like, God damn, I just hate this. You know, like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you taking the one thing you know that doesn't you, know, you don't like? It's never going to do anything for you. Put down the chicken feet. There's. Put down the damn chicken feet. Uh, stop handy, handicapping those darn chickens. Um, but the reality is this. It's like, look, stop doing what doesn't work. Find something that will work for you. And which brings me to this whole God thing. Shall I, shall I enlighten you on that? Wait. Yes. Okay, now, let me tell you something. I tried... Religion, I tried um, AA, I tried NA, I tried um, you name it, I tried it. And, and in fact, one time I came in from, um, from partying, and there was this woman on television, her name was Tammy Faye Baker, right? And uh, God, she was crying, and all this makeup was running down her face, and she was saying, if you're if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, just just come over here and, and lay your hand on this TV and and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna pray for you and, and you're gonna be instantly delivered. Well, I got news for you. I got my drunk ass up and I walked over to that TV. I didn't I didn't I didn't lay hands on that TV. I made love to that TV. Okay, I mean I was all over that TV. This woman prayed and when she was through, do you know what had happened to me? Nothing. Nothing. And it dawned on me, you know, wait a minute, this is, this is, this is never going to work for me. And so after going to these treatment centers and going to these religions, God knows, man, I've, I've been, I've uh, affiliated myself with every religion on earth. I mean, you know, your mother and I got married in the Baha'i faith, uh, you know, you name it. And, you know, and, and I tried it, but I was, everything I understood about God growing up was just not a great experience. You know, it's like, you know, God is really pissed off and he's basically considers us all roaches. And, and, you know, he's going to try to kill us while we're here. And then when we are dead, there's going to be a big meeting in his office. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's going to fire us and kill us there, you know? So it was like not a lot of hope going on. So I made a, so what I did is I sat down and I made a list of all the things I knew about, the God of my childhood or what I knew, you know, like God's pretty frightening. God's going to do me in God. Uh, God certainly has a list of rules I can't follow. You know, um, I'm never going to be good enough. He, I'm never going to be accepted. And I wrote all this crap down and I, I looked at it and I thought, well, shit, no wonder I can't. I, it's not working for me. Look, I, I mean, this is what is this? So I took out another piece of paper and I said, OK, well, look, what do I need from God? Well, you know, look, this was easy. I needed to feel like I was loved. I, I needed to feel like I was accepted. I needed to feel like there was a purpose for me being here, you know, that there was a sense of hope and a, and a sense of acceptance and a sense of, uh, 
you know, a, 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 I may have said purpose, but I mean, you know, and then when it's all over, you know, I want to know that there's going to be something there to uh, maybe lead me to wherever it is we go after we leave here. And, and I sat my list down and then I looked at what I was taught. And then I looked at the list of what it is I needed from God. And it dawned on me, I had been following the wrong list. You know, what I was taught was somebody else's interpretation of God. I mean, was it right? It wasn't wrong. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't my list. You know, there are a lot of people out there that that was their list. So I looked at that list and I said, you're fired. You know, and I threw it away. And I, I, I took the, the list of the things I needed from God and I stuck it on my on my bathroom mirror. And from that period on, I mean, you know, there was nothing about guilt and shame and, 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 and flames and hell and, and all these bad things on my list. You know, I, uh, I found the God of my understanding and that's, uh, that, that has been a major help to me as far as I ever developing any kind of spiritual anything. So I will, uh, I, I will uh, probably put that out in paperback so you can, you, you can enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, we have Samuel. He's been typing a transcript over here. Thanks, Sam. Um, so we'll be able to send out a paper copy of that as well. But I think I can sum that up in two very catchy phrases. One, there's a reason that your windshield is so much bigger than your rearview mirror. Yeah. And two, live in love, not in fear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I may have that tattooed uh, next to my share tattoo one tattoo on your butt i haven't seen i haven't seen it world trust me okay. and, and you never no, and no you never will but uh, yeah i um i got um Cher's tattoo uh that she has on her butt tattooed on my butt and that and that was the day that i was at uh, my my epiphany day in um in hollywood I walked to a, uh, into a tattoo um, studio, and that was done in a, like, a display window on Hollywood Boulevard, like, on the corner of, um, of Ivar. You guys don't know where this is. Anyway, but right next to, like, Man's Chinese Theater. So it, I'm, I'm there, and it's like there's 5,000 tourists up and down the street, and then suddenly there's almost like um, a SWAT team making them move along as my butt's being tattooed in, in, in the window of that tattoo place. But um, that was probably one of the... Uh, that that was not a high point of my sobriety. I, now that I think back on that, because it wasn't um, too, too long after that that somebody actually sent me a picture of my butt um, that they had seen on the internet. <laughs> Google it. Uh, what should they Google? No, not not no. They can't. They can't. I, I I won't tell anybody. But yeah, no. I I, I was going to say, you know, I uh, I I got sober. I um, went back, finished an, an MBA, and then I, I got a master's in um, in addiction counseling, and then um, finishing up uh, a PhD in um, in substance use disorders. And you know, I I went back to the Betty Ford Center where where I had um, gotten treatment and I, I worked there for a year and um you know it's like you know old home week and then um you know now we're uh, we're here in, in in north florida and and the focus is going to be on on the community that i love and uh, which you know currently right now there in the u.s there are 25 million people that are in need of substance 
use, uh, substance abuse treatment. And only a fraction of those, out of that total number of people that are in need, only about 60,000 will actually receive the help they need and will be successful in living uh, a drug and alcohol free life. So, you know, and you, you, you think of the, the, the numbers and, and how many lives are, are, are just being lost to, uh, and people simply don't know how to get help. And one thing that I would, if anybody's out there struggling, listen, do your homework. You know, you wouldn't go out and buy a car because you saw a commercial, you know, and on TV, do your homework and make sure that whatever it is that you need is being offered there. You know, that, that's critically important. And uh, so, Lauren, I've taken over your whole show here, honey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill and eat my Starburst and let you finish. How's that? I had a lot of thoughts during that that I wanted to share, but maybe you could come and do another episode so we can get down to the nitty gritty in a future ep. Um, but are you going to have like treatment options for family members of individuals with substance abuse? Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm... My, um, the program that we're putting together is, uh, it's evidence-based, you know, I, uh, I, I'm a firm believer in, in what goes on at AA because I, I think everybody needs a, a connection with a higher being, even, even if, if, the, if this higher connection is just the, the, the therapeutic group that you're with, if that's a source of energy, then use it. But, um, yeah, most definitely, because I will promise you, and you know this firsthand, um, family members are just as sick as um, the uh, person living with, uh, you know, substance abuse issues. You know, they're, they, they spend their entire time trying to cover up for this, you know, as in my case, you know, it was, it was just, I wrecked every holiday. I wrecked every, everything I put my hands on while I was using. And, uh, you know, there's been an, an incredible scarring to my kids, to say the least. And I, I will never be able to fix that. But I'm still dateable, everyone. I'm still perfectly dateable. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you, you do not have to carry around a, a scarlet. <laughs> it's like, it's funny to joke about now, but, and it's hard for me to even, I don't usually think, I mean, I obviously, I often think about th those times, but I don't feel like that same kind of pain anymore because you have been sober for so long. But like, I can still tap it. No, 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 ego. Well, no, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I believe that, you know, when I stopped d destroying myself, you know, and started to rebuild or build a life, I, I wasn't rebuilding anything. I, I was, I was building a life. And I mean, you got to remember when I got to uh, when my, my Hollywood sign moment, I was 50 years old. Okay. I left, Oceanfront condos and Mercedes Benz and, and, and a very sweet life in Florida. And I was then taking the city bus in Hollywood and, you know, and I, I lived in a, in a funky one bedroom on air conditioned apartment. And he sweats a lot, y'all. He sweats a lot. It, uh, the sweating was because I was a drug addict, but it's, so that's, that's, that's basically, I basically don't sweat anymore. <laughs> I think it was my mistake for staying stoned for so long. Yeah, right. But uh, no, I mean, and and me changing my life doesn't. Uh, I, I felt obligated, and and I, you know, you want to to go to people and say, oh my god, I, I you know, look, I, I I recognize the fact that I completely fucked up your life as I as I fucked up my own life, but uh, you know, and and I'm very sorry. 
no one is under obligation to accept your apology, you know, and some of my children have not accepted the apology and, uh, and you know what? And that's okay. They don't have to, they're under no obligation whatsoever to do anything that is not in their best interest. And, you know, and there are situations like this that in relationships that uh, can't be repaired and can't be put into a, uh, into a nice little bubble and, and, and pretend things didn't happen because things did happen. You know, people were hurt, um, you know, uh, precious years were wasted. And um, there are people that we love, but we just have to love from a distance. You know, you, we have to respect everyone for having value. And, and you know, God knows I, all my children I love dearly and, and, and all of you have value. But, uh, you know, there's some that uh, I just have to love from a distance. Um, and that's the reality of it. You know, I, uh, but of course, I love you the most. You know, the, you want to know something. I got to tell you something. You, I, I am absolutely amazed at you. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, I'm going to tell you, I'm not, and I'm not blowing, I'm not blowing smoke up your, uh, up your podcast, but uh, I mean, there's nothing that you, oh, there was, there, you had no fear as a kid. I mean, my God, you, you tried everything. I mean, you did, you did saxophone, you did um, all of the sports you did. I mean, you did everything. I mean, it was like, and, and you were not one of these people that was just like wiped out, devastated if, if you didn't come in number one. You know, um, what he's saying is I was a loser, but I kept trying. I've never. <laughs> yeah, never, never. But I will tell you one thing. The, I, and I've said this in the past and I will always say this. You know, the greatest thing that ever happened in your life, and you won't recognize this uh, in, until whenever you do recognize it. But uh, was your mother. I, I have the highest respect for your mother. You know, she had she had the common sense and the love for you to get you away from me at a time when I was destroying everything. And I I, I will always be appreciative and I will always love her dearly for that. We've covered I think that your whole um, the whole drug addiction could be considered a really long shit corner. So that can be your shit corner. Shit corner. Well, that is my shit corner, man. Shit corner. Uh, no, and I would say something. If anybody wants to read any of this shit, just like get knee deep in shit, um, go to uh, robcantrellblog.com. Shout out from my blog. Um, which, you know, I, well, no, this is kind of funny because I mean, I, I decided I was going to write this blog. I thought, who the hell wants to hear this? You know, it was like a, it was a crap life, and now I'm going to write it, and somebody, nobody's going to read it. And it blew my mind because it uh, within like no time, this thing's read in like 104, 114 countries. And there was like 600,000 people that have read this crap. Sorry, it's not crap. It's, it's only crap if you don't give me money for reading it. It's, it's, it's reality. It's reality. It's, it's, my, it's my take on life. And, it, you know, I must not, I thought I was alone all this time. But apparently there are other people that, uh, that, that think maybe the way that I do. But uh, anyway, just interesting stories. I don't know if it's because of like our history, but I'm always drawn to like books about gay drug addicts who are like living these lives, like all on the edge, almost dying. And like how much crazier could this experience be? And that's kind of like the life that you lived. 
Well, he does. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, it was like dancing on the edge of a razor. It was just, but it was, it was all I knew, you know, it was absolutely all that I knew. And it was, a, and it, it, it took so many years to figure out that, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around with this, this is the way that I, okay, this is the, this is my last little story. Okay. And then I'm, 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 I'm going to stop talking, but you know, it's like, we were all born. Okay. Now, now visualize this. We're all born with this, uh, with this hefty trash bag. Okay. And so we're going to spend our entire life and we're throwing all the hurt and all the pain and all the rejection and all the mistakes and all of the hate and all of the anger and all of the distrust and Every miserable experience in our life is compartmentalized in this wonderful, hefty trash bag. And this damn thing weighs a ton, you know, and you're just walking around this hefty trash bag. It's like, God damn. Now, eventually, it comes to you and you realize, what am I doing? I can sit this thing down. You know, everything in that bag does not define who I am. It defines what I've survived. You can set that bag down anytime you want to. There's nothing in that bag you have to carry around. Now, believe me, you can pick the thing back up anytime you want to. You know, anytime you start feeling too good or too happy and you need to dive right back into a bag of shit, you know where it is, you know, but just leave it. I mean, it's, it, let somebody else, you know, it, I, say, I think Christians say this saying about, uh, you know, get it off the cross and let somebody else use the wood. But uh, look, just put your bag down. Anybody listening out there, just put the damn bag down and live your life. Times during the day, I'll feel like I'm carrying around the bag, and then I'll suddenly realize, like, wait, why am I thinking about this? Just stop. And it's easy to do, but it, it sometimes creeps back up on you again, and you have to just be like intentional. Well, you have to uh, you have to realize, wait a minute, I picked the damn thing up again. You know, uh, just you got to leave that hefty trash bag on the side of the road, honey. <laughs> this has been a good therapy session for me. Hey, well, listen, I, I didn't ask you what. Uh, what your insurance carrier is, but we'll get to that later and you can, uh, and, and I can. Okay, great. I did meet my deductible, so this should be covered. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I love you, Lauren Cantrell. Wait, we're not done yet, but I love you too. You can't, this is the first time he's ever said this live on air. We got it on air. I'm just kidding. We do say I love you. Um, so for, I love you, dad. I can still say that, can I? Well, you should. Um, See, guys, we've got a healthy relationship. Um, so, and so inner tickle, I think the inner tickle of the whole thing is that now you're using what you've learned and all the hard life experiences that you've had to help others. And you're a very unique person and a, a unique teacher. So I think that you'll be able to help, help like a subset of people who are still like searching for that. I feel like you've got the power. Well, a subset of, of people that uh, that need to come to the realization that uh, you know they are not a subset. You know, they're not they're not a subset, and they're not less, and they're not less than. You know, um, and and I say this all the time. Listen, uh, there are people out there that will never accept you, that will talk about you behind your back, that will uh, do everything in their world to uh, to hurt you. You know, you just have to tell yourself this: fuck them. They're not your people. They're not your people, you know, and you just go on. But I have to tell you, I think one of my greatest memories was um, at uh, DC Pride with you and uh, my my Asian partner was dressed up like a rabbi. And you and I had these gigantic uh, white uh, blonde Afro wigs uh, 
uh, you know, marching in the, in the parade through uh, through uh, D.C. That was that was probably one of the coolest uh, uh, moments I can think of in a long time. Yay! I think so too. That means a lot to me. You are truly an, you are a, you are truly an advocate. Yeah. Well, we just had we just have to get a share tattoo on your butt or something. Yeah. Well, we can uh, table that discussion for a different time. <laughs> okay. Keith and I like held each other the whole time she was playing Malibu. And there's a line in that song that's about how like I never imagined three years ago I would be standing here or be in this place. And it like reminded me of your story and how like I always like I always hoped and prayed that you would find recovery, but I like I couldn't imagine that it would I mean I did imagine that it would happen, but I could never imagine like the joy and like having an actual relationship with you that you could remember, like how meaningful that would be. I never thought I, I never thought I would live to see it, to be honest with you, in, in my own life. But, you know, Keith talks about that moment all the time. Uh, and we were on that. We had, remember, we had paid extra for that VIP section, which turned out to be nothing more than like a like a, <laughs> a board little uh, lift thing. Um, I told my dad, I was like, all the general admission tickets are sold out. We can only get VIP. So we bought like six hundred dollars worth of tickets and it was a free concert. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oops. So I have a question, and then I got to ask you two more questions to make sure we get all the points of the podcast. But do you ever, like, are you ever tempted to, like, try anything again? Or do you have what I've heard of as user dreams? Well, let me tell you, I mean, it's, look, you know, I, I, I've been in car wrecks since uh, since I got sober. I've had plenty of, of reasons to, you know, go back to, to prescription drugs because it'd be so easy to get and so easy to do. But... You know, I guess I'm at a point in my life now. I'm, I, I, I've learned to play the tape forward, you know, because I know that uh, it's only going to take one. It's only going to take one pill for me to completely, you know, wreck this whole train, you know. And I, and I have to continuously tell myself, look, I'm not going to sacrifice what I want most for what I want at this very moment because it's there's two entirely different things. And to answer your question, um, now, at this moment, no, I, I have not in over six years. I haven't. I, will, I, will I in the future? I don't know. I'm, I'm living in this moment, and, and, and this moment works for me. Okay, thank you. Um, next thing. So I guess to do good for the world, you're obviously going to be starting this rehab facility. Is it, what, what are we calling it? I, it's, uh, it's, it, I'm, we're working on that right now. You know, I want to call it... Uh, the corner, you know, corner recovery, because, you know, that's where I had my, you know, Hollywood sign epiphany, but uh, it's, uh, but I have registered another name. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're hashing a couple names out right now. And so that was very evasive and I did not answer your question, but um, more will be, more will be revealed in, in a future podcast. Okay. Awesome. And then to feel good, we are talking and that always feels good to talk to your parents. So you guys call your moms and dads. They want to hear from you, I assume. I guess I guess we should wrap this up now. I think this was a meaningful episode. It was the first one that might uh, bring a few tears to the eyes of the listeners. And that's really what we need. <laughs> okay, great. Well, uh, I, I just hope that uh, they've... Uh... One thing, too, that... Uh, and, and I want to go back to what I'm saying. Anybody that uh, needs... Uh, recovery. It needs. Uh, don't try to do it alone. Don't like, 
you know, you don't have to be a hero. Don't try to detox on your own. There's only two things in the, uh, any, there's only two drugs on earth that will kill you if you try to do it alone. And that is uh, alcohol, believe it or not. And the other one is benzodiazepine. So people that have um, an issue with uh, Xanax or Valium or whatever, please don't try to do this alone because you can easily kill yourself. Same with uh, people that drink heavily. So anyway, um, give them a tell if they need to talk to me. I'll you can tell them how to get in touch with me, and I will be glad to help any way I can. And I'd also like to say I know that I joked a lot about I don't know I can turn a lot of serious things into jokes, but if you are a family member of someone who has an addiction or a substance abuse disorder, you also should feel free to speak about it, um, and just know that you have a supportive community out there too. And I will be here for you if you need to talk. You know what? Right on for you. That's a beautiful thing you just said. One thing too, they can, uh, anyone can reach out to Al-Anon. Um, it's alanon.org on, um, online. And it's for family members of people who are living with substance use disorders. And, and it, it, it's simply for family members that you're not alone. Um, you know, but to, if you're living with someone that has an issue, God knows you've been through hell yourself. So reach out there. There's help. Don't do, don't be a hero. But do good for the world and feel good. It all comes back around. Okay. Well, thank you for doing the podcast, daddy. Okay. I love you. Love you, baby. Bye. Bye. It's the do good be, sing with me now. Do good, feel good. It's the do, do good, good, feel good. good. Show. Oh, it sounded sad. Hacer bien y sentirse bien. Muy bueno.